another episode of life's but a song a podcast likes to live in the land of musicals i'm your host john and with me today is a very special returning guest he already did the original movie and now we're doing the sort of remake it's tony guerrero everyone hello yes i mean i didn't do the original movie i'm not quite that old i'm sorry i, I meant, appreciate I meant, <laughs> I meant you were the guest on the original movie yes. when we did it and now we're jumping ahead 60 years to do West Side Story, the 2021 version. Um, and I was still not invited to be a part of that one either. I'm so, so okay. wait, that's <laughs> upsetting. That is very upsetting considering it filmed in New York and you live in New York. I have like, lots of free time, but it's okay. I'm over the age of 30 and I don't speak Spanish. So I was already out of the runnings. <laughs> uh, so the screenplay is by Tony Kushner of Angels in America fame. And Carolina Change, was that him? I believe you're right. Yes. Uh, based on the stage play by Arthur, Arthur Lawrence, which we've talked about at great length. We're really, I'm not going to, we're not going to really talk about the stage play this time. So go back to whatever that episode was. I'll probably put it in the link in the description or something. Uh, music is still by Leonard Bernstein with lyrics still by Stephen Sondheim. However, the director of this movie was another Stephen, Steven Spielberg. And according to, IMDb. I didn't really see, I, I didn't look up the original movie, but this is what this movie's IMDb description is. An adaptation of the 1957 musical West Side Story explores forbidden love and the rivalry between the Jets and the Sharks, two teenage street gangs of different ethnic backgrounds. I feel Sounds like, about right. I feel like, I mean, we get, I feel like saying teenage is a little is still a little wrong because <laughs> they seem like they are that weird young adult phase where it's like eight like seventeen to twenty three. But well, this time we know that Maria is eighteen 18. years old. Yes, they, they made sure to tell us that. That was really an interesting choice to make. That like made her role even meatier. I thought, and I feel like. Tony is at least 19 because when he talks about going to jail, he's, he doesn't say like juvie or anything. He says, I went to jail. So mm-hmm. that's how I read it. But I don't know if that's the truth. And that's how I read it too. And, and as you said, they didn't cast you in it. So you couldn't ask Steven, Son- uh, Steven Sondheim. Well, him because <laughs> he was alive at the time or Steven Spielberg, you know, hey, what is everyone's age? Ha ha. <laughs> but I do I do have my inside sources. Oh. So I got some uh, little tips here. Do you know and do you know people who were like part of the Jets or were they the uh background neighborhood people? Oh, I knew I knew some Jets and some Sharks definitely who were in the cast. And nice. super proud of them and super excited. Such a thrill to see them on screen thriving as they do. Um, you know, just a couple just to name off the top of my head. I mean, clearly uh, Paloma Garcia Lee. I mean, I only kind of know her, so don't even ask her. Like, she probably doesn't remember me, but she maybe a little bit. Um, as Graziella, uh, she's just worked since she was a zygote, and I, she was incredible uh, in the movie. <laughs> I and, loved her. Can I just say also, uh, 
uh, like to piggyback off of Graziella's character, I love that they expanded a few roles here and there, like her. Oh God, yeah. um, uh, I mean, the new character, Valentina, that they wrote for Rena Moreno. Uh, mm-hmm. Even anybody, like anybody's story arc. Oh, there's so much to go through. <laughs> but also just to name drop, just because I, I'm proud of them. You know, Julius uh, Rubio, who played Kike, a new character, who was written for the script, but he actually kind of embodied the character of Pepe, which is the role I'd normally played. He was like the Lieutenant Shark. He was the one with the mustache. The mustache, yes, okay, okay. Yeah, the mustache. So he, I mean, I was so proud of him. I mean- Sky Maddox is one of the Jet Girls as well. And it's just, it was really, really just, I was so excited to see people I know who have done West Side before or in in, in that West Side realm uh, get to thrive on screen with it. So it was just very much of a proud moment. I mean, I know we t- kind of talked about ages, but did it feel like the Sharks were older than the Jets? Just like barely, though. They're, it's not like, you know, they're 50 and the Jets were like 10. I mean, like, you know, maybe the A Sharks were bit. like late 20s and the Jets were like late teens, early 20s, something like that. A little that. bit, because, yeah, because another one, uh, Tanari Vasquez, who is also an angel so talented who i've worked with on the original tours who's done a million broadway shows and got to make her turn in this and she was featured i feel pretty uh she i mean she when i was doing the tour she was like barely you know like 19 or something like that and so and 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 when she was filming the the, this thing she was she told me she was one of the older people so did julius out of the sharks which is kind of crazy because they're very young uh so the sharks were quite young and the jets seemed even younger um i did spirited the movie with uh action who i know is also very young and uh, a really cool spirit to be around and uh but yeah they went they really wanted to i mean they definitely kept with the tradition of keeping it as young as possible and not being one of those weird movies where like there are 40 year olds playing teenagers well i'm not gonna lie your friend that plays is the you said the character name was kike yeah he i was just like you sir look like you're in your 30s and that's why and and then i started looking at other sharks and i was just like you all look like you're you are I know they probably did cast older because that's usually what they do. But I felt like the way that they presented that the sharks, they were just older. You know, it it, it didn't matter like how, um, uh, I don't think it really mattered that uh, they were, you know, teenagers or anything. They just like lit, they lived a life here and uh, in Puerto Rico. And they're just like, you know, we're going to stick together. And I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm just saying words at this point. <laughs> I fucking love this movie. I like, loved the movie. So I'm just going to go ahead and say this. Like, I know we have like a sharp and flat thing going on, but I just was sobbing. <laughs> Watch it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I can't believe how bold they were in their decision making and refreshing the script and the storytelling and the cinematography and how beautifully oh, shot it was. My just God. the cinematography alone, the photography was just insane. And uh, to remind everyone, Tony here is a choreographer, and I need to like spend probably like seven hours talking to you about the choreography of this movie because it felt like Justin Peck, the choreographer, was influenced by what was done, but then made it his own. Is that right? Am I using the right words? Uh, yes, I see what you're saying. Definitely. 
Um, yeah, and, and uh, yes, uh, the dancers in this film were superb. And I mean, the uh, <laughs> the Jets clearly took a little more ballet this time around. <laughs> Everybody was super sharp. We're doing like double tours, triples, and everything. Uh, the uh, the the technique was quite fabulous. Like dance, the dance at the gym is always my favorite number of the show because it's the lively one. It's you know, um, the it's the big dance number, which yeah, we we don't we love them so. Um, what what I felt like Justin Peck did with this version of it is that he was just like, great, we're gonna take a few steps here and there and then just rearrange them, add new stuff and make it so lively and in your face that I was, I cried during it because I was very overwhelmed by emotion through the dancing. Cause mm. like, not only do you get that they're dancing and having fun, but they're also showing their biases during it which i loved so much that like now it's not just the men who are showing hate and anger and hate and uh and racism basically like you have grazi has a has a little arc too where you know you see her dance at the gym she's sneering with the rest of the jets at the sharks and then to the point where she then later breaks down when um during the the rape scene? oh my god that was such an amazing decision to like involve that character in that scenario and then to add an, another layer on top of that the fact that and this has been said in interviews so if you were at the back um she and ariana debose have been friends for a very long time they're really friend uh they're really close in the bravo community so to add another layer on top of that, to play opposite each other this entire time, and then to watch her friend get violated like that, and to also add a real element of pain to the experience, like, it just and ugh, also just like you out. have to hate your friend, like yeah. like you you're getting paid to hate your friend, but only to such an extent, and that's what was so cool about that moment is just when she comes in, she's like, oh, you're not coming with that Spanish, are you? Like she was really furious about what happened before in terms of the the murders and everything but then like but to have in terms of the female characters again with the jet girl you know it's west side story famously misrepresents the jet girls and the shark boys and the jet girls really don't get very much to say and this was an opportunity to get their voice in too and so it was really interesting to see like the main jet girl she has the same biases as the Jet Boys, but the hatred only goes so deep. When it comes to the humanity and watching someone get attacked, yes. that's when she hit, hit her limit as a human being, and it was so powerful. <laughs> and, and, then all, the and then also with anybody's, oh. their story arc. Like, Can we talk about that? <laughs> oh, yes, let's talk about it. Talk about Sharp. I mean, just the bravery of to go full trans with this character was just so ballsy. And they actually, um, you know, turned down business from foreign markets who wanted to uh, extract that scene because it represented a trans character. And they're like, yeah, no, you get the full movie or you get nothing. So sorry, whatever country it was, we're standing beside this character and the choice we made with it. Yeah, because like... um... I kind of want to see now their movie because there's there's stuff that happens in this movie where, you know, I'm thinking like, like right before Krupke where anybody's slap uh, that 
uh, is chased out of the police station and everything. Or um, like, I know we kind of see this in, I'm trying, I'm also going to try not to compare too much to the original movie with this yeah. episode, but like, we're going to do that right now because- I mean, That's why we're here, right? <laughs> and that's why we're here. But anybody's in that movie, in the original one, um, if they felt a little too superfluous, this one, this anybody's, was very integral uh, to the plot, the story, the action, and everything because, like, um, the little spying that the character does was justified and like needed. I felt like in this movie. Am I Englishing? I, 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 I hope I'm saying things. So you are no, because that, well, that's anybody's always slips in and out of the shadows. That's like what anybody's is good at. And it's addressed in the stage show as well. That's that's anybody's talent, um, but um, and and that's a conversation for you know someone. I mean, I'm I'm not really in the position to really adjudicate uh, the gender identity from one to the other. I mean, it could be for it could be observed that the original movie anybody's might fall within the non-binary realm, whereas the the new one clearly says I'm not a girl and screams about it and gets really pissed off about being called a dickless wonder. Um, and just really like standing behind that. And, and just, I mean, ugh, just, and just also to hear anybody the shit say, out of anybody. Uh, and everybody, gets to say, yeah. why don't you go suck in your sister's titty? I was not ready for that line. No. <laughs> I was like howling in the movie. Thing. So anyway, so, I mean, it, it could be interpreted that way. I don't know. I'm not really in a position to really justify one or the other, but it was really refreshing to just to see uh, Spielberg go super bold with taking a trans stance with this particular version of anybody. In the fifties, a trans character in the fifties, like that it, uh, also like, I liked the grittiness of New York city in this one. Cause it, it yeah. felt a little too clean in the mm-hmm. original one. And so like this one, we see them actually building Lincoln Center. We see them- I know. <laughs> Our workplace. <laughs> when when they showed Our you the, the map of Lincoln Center, I started like having like trigger shakes and everything being like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we did that. We took over the neighborhood, didn't we? And but, that's <laughs> a workplace. But like, but it- I, I really did appreciate uh, what Tony Kushner did to the script because it felt like he yeah. literally read the original and then threw it out and then wrote his own. Yeah, and that's where I'm going to springboard off of my point from the last podcast in terms of the Jets just being indefensible dicks and racists. Mm-hmm. And remember how last time I was saying, imagine the jet song bees being sung by the proud boys and how that takes on a whole other meaning in today's uh, landscape of where we are. This movie just took that idea and ran with it. I think they heard me. I think I wrote they, this. We, we, we said a lot. <laughs> I think we said a lot of things that ended up being in the movie, except for the somewhere ballet, which I believe we did talk about and wanting to see it. And they didn't. We could bookmark that, but because because I did like what they did with that. So I'm going to bookmark that for a a, a sharp moment in the future. <laughs> but I mean, and and this is my main sharp moment for this whole thing. And again, I'm speaking as a shark, but I mean, let's be honest. 
the Jets are assholes. And this movie really leaned into that storytelling, especially by setting up the prologue as them invading the shark territory and starting to trouble themselves and painting over the Puerto Rican flag and just entering their area and just being territorial about everything. And then the fact that they really, really meticulously paid attention to how they rehashed the storytelling for the sharks. I mean, not only did they really flesh it out more and give them more of a voice and let you get to know Bernardo more, let you get to know Maria more and Anita more and their community, but they went out of their way to also undo the idea that the sharks are a gang. Because I forgot what the line is when, like, when Chino was trying to join the Sharks and Bernard was like, no, 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 you can't join. It's a community watch group. They said, it's not a gang. It's a community watch group. They are there to oh. defend themselves. So they, uh, so, and I have, you know, I've had friends who were really uh, not having this revival come out. It's like, we, we just don't need more gang representation for brown people. We just don't need more of this. And, and which is understandable. But once I saw it, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. No, they fixed it. They fixed it. The brown people aren't a gang. They're defending themselves. They're banning the dangerous white people yeah, 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 <laughs> who are yeah. coming in and seeing being super territorial when they're immigrants themselves. And Shrank lays that out plain, clear as a day from the beginning. Um, he even laid into them even more in this new script saying, you're. You, you, basically said you're the last of like the white people who couldn't get their shit together i also i mean talk about another character that they expanded on shrank lieutenant Mm -hmm. shrank like he's more biased in this movie than i think i've ever seen any production movie whatever of west side story with that character and what's really fascinating is that and i just rewatched the scene too um after Bernardo dies and he goes to question Maria and, and Anita about everything, uh, Maria is talking, is speaking in Spanish to Anita, and then he translates it. I was just, I was blown away by that yeah. the fact that like he hates, he he clearly hates these people, but he knows their language enough to like be like, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, that was that was surprising. I, uh, so many, uh, and, and even just the way they treat Spanish in the movie, how they introduce it so much more. And you know, the Broadway revivals tried to introduce Spanish; it was taken one way or another. But this one really, really felt meaty. And the fact that there weren't any subtitles, you know, Spielberg was basically saying, "Well, I didn't want it to make it feel like one language is superior to the other." So I didn't want to choose one, but you really, I mean, the way they were acting, the subtext and, and, and the context of what they were saying, you didn't even have to really understand Smash to know what they were really saying in the car. And then we kept saying, like Anita in particular, kept saying, no, English, English, English. We have to speak English. Mm-hmm. We're assimilating. It was really a cool way to like throw, throw the Spanish in there, but also like keep it based around English for a plot-based purpose. I, I also like that they didn't do what a lot of other projects have done, which is they'll say a line in a foreign language, be it Spanish, uh, German, whatever, Japanese, whatever language it's in. And then they'll translate what they just said for the um, English speaking audience. Like Dora the Explorer. (laughs) Yes. We're going to the biblioteca, the library. Yeah. And I feel like, uh, I feel like, especially also 
well, I feel like they may have done this in the original movie. I can't remember because I didn't really rewatch it for this recording. But like, I feel like they would say a line in Spanish and then be like, and this is the English translation for you people, which mm-hmm. I don't, I can't, I can't speak to whether or not they did that in the original West Side Story. But like, there are other films and television shows, i.e. Dora the Explorer, where they will say, you know, uh, vamos a la biblioteca, let's go to the, we should go to the library, you know, and you're I don't know why that that line came to my head. That sentence came to my head. Because I kind of said it too. <laughs> but which also brings me to my next like toot toot for this version. Hiring actual brown people uh-huh. who actually speak Spanish <laughs> and not painting Greek people orange. I liked that um, Ariana DeBose made made it clear to Steven Spielberg and she said this in interviews as well afterwards saying that um she's black and latina and like she doesn't want to play just one side she has to encompass all of her background and i i fucking love her (laughs) this movie i wish i wish i watched two and a half hours of just her you know i know and if they, and here's something else cool because i mean according to an inside source you know early in the process you know when it comes to table reads and everything um she i mean they were super super specific about the sharks being native spanish speakers there's in all the casting breakdowns and everything they were really really serious about having real spanish speakers from what i've been told ariana debos was not a native spanish speaker so that was not one of her strengths at the beginning and so it was something she was working on the top and she got a little side eye from rita moreno during table reads (laughs) for not like being able to handle spanish well, look how this turned out in the end, and she full on pulled it off and got an Oscar out of it. Like, yes. talk about just embodying your character. Because I mean, and and I and, and I and I'm not saying that to be like, you know, shady or gossipy or whatever. I'm saying this as a as a as a fellow uh, Latino performer who was not brought up with Spanish. And we are super judged all the time and we're looked at as like broken Latinos because we're always expected to speak it. And if we try to speak it, we're super clocked by our peers because, you know, if, if, you know, if, if anyone else try, attempts a language, they'll get bonus points for like rolling your R's correctly. But if you look like me, like someone who looks like you should speak a language and we just don't get the accent right, we get frowned upon by everybody else. So that must have been I would imagine I can't speak for her, but I can imagine how terrifying that must have been. And so to over to overcome that and then just pull off that performance and make you absolutely believe that she's a Spanish speaker. Um, I mean, just extra bonus points that people probably don't even know about in terms of her performance. It, I I didn't know that she. I mean, I didn't I didn't really judge her. I just lo- I fucking love her. I mean, she's a she songbird. <laughs> yeah, and then it, it, with that news that you just said it puts her shouting in english we have to assimilate in a perspective because there's a whole generation um like uh that uh, of the latin latinx community where you know now they'll speak english and um have uh americanized accents but like grandparents parents you know had um had to learn the hard way it sounds like and this movie does represent that in a way oh and then when she renounces it at the end after the attack scene and just goes back into spanish <laughs> i am puerto Rican, yeah. 
Oh, I mean, should we just have an Ariana DeVos moment since we're on the topic? I, I listen, mean... every moment needs to be an Ariana DeBose moment. Wow. <laughs> she was amazing. I am so happy Gosh. she won the Academy Award Her for this. Dancing. Oh my God. Her everything. Dancing. Everything Her good. singing. Like, no shade to Rita Moreno, but I wish that Ariana DeBose sang somewhere, personally. Because I just need, like I said, I need more Ariana DeBose in my life and in this movie. But, um, which is a kind of a good segue into somewhere. How did, how did you feel about that concept that it was Valentina singing it and then there was like a montage of things over? I loved it. I thought it was so poetic to have a returning cast member, you know, because I mean, I, I mean, it, it made sense in terms of the character, but as an audience member who has, you know, we've all seen the original. We know this is the original Anita, and just to have the like the, um, uh, just to know inside that this is the same character singing about the same message, the same problem that happened decades ago that is still persisting. It it just spoke volumes. It was so smart to have that character. I mean, again, in the context of the character written for the movie, but also the actor we all know is the original Anita. And it's like, it's like, here we are, we're still here. We're still divided. We still haven't gone somewhere. I, I wish they had the ballet though, still. I like the song. I was gonna say, it's like, we just can't, we just can't have a movie ballet, can we? But I can see how that doesn't translate well to screen. But yeah. I will say, I loved how they repurposed the scherzo music for um, after the balcony scene, uh, Maria wakes up in her bed, and we hear this. What's usually the scherzo music, which is the beginning of the dream ballet, um, which is just all the jets and sharks entering like happy land and just frolicking about mm-hmm. and just being free, um, and using that music for like Maria's just kind of like, oh, I'm excited about this new boy, but let's just make it look like I fell asleep because I don't want to get caught on this. It was really cute. It was a cool way to repurpose that song if you're not going to use it the way it usually is used. I also really liked that they added a song in this. They added I'm going to fuck up the name and I'm so sorry everyone. La Boricueña. La Boricueña. Like, first of all, didn't know it was the official anthem of Puerto Rico. So kudos to them. But also the way that they do it where it's the slow build up into their pride of their country which then kind of plays into the vibes of like america a few songs later mm-hmm. but i fucking loved it i, lo- I love that addition yeah it. and it's funny because and, and you, you say that um, reminds me of normally when we have mu- movie musical remounts like this there's always the there's always the one yeah new academy award nominated song that's not what it, this is here and what that it what that did that moment it actually harkens back to the original mm-hmm. stage play and movie uh the war council when shrike breaks it up and really calls mm-hmm. the the puerto ricans out for being spicks and just really gives them hateful hateful language I mean, it got my heart racing every night on stage. She would just be in my ear, just calling me a spig. Like, boom, 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 boom. Oof. And then, you know, and then Bernardo, like, leads everyone off stage with, like, whistling, uh, my country, tis of the sweet land of oh. liberty. Meow, meow, meow. 
it's like the whistle that goes that descends as they exit yeah. and then Shrank is with the Jets is like, come on, I'm for you, you tin horn immigrant scum, and then the rest happens. So that is what I mean. It has to be what that reference was. It was earlier in the script, though, and they just so, so to take so to instead of them um, making a mockery of the American song and just showing how it doesn't work for them, they took their pride and took their own song. And just threw in their faces. It was so powerful. I loved it. I, I was like, not expecting it at all, especially that early in the storyline. And now that now that you highlighted that um, they're not a gang, they're a neighborhood watch. It kind of La Boricana plays differently than like a gang singing it. It's mm-hmm. it's you know the this community of people like. Um, joining forces to go against you know their dissenters and everything. Yeah, and it's, it's just, just so a fucking and cool. They're all humans, and then you know, and just go back to my whole jet song moment, you know, because and that's the weird thing because if you really understand how the jets are actually the predators in this whole storyline, how are we supposed to be interested? How are we supposed to root for them? How are we supposed to like them? You know, and all the songs are supposed to be about you liking the jets starting with jet song and the fact that they actually went out of their way to have the final note held out mother running street and there's a shot zooming out of them standing on a pile of rubble and shit and that is their that is their street they're trying to defend it was really again bold (laughs) and and it just and, and that's one thing that was weird a little bit about this movie because because we are acknowledging that the jets are the problem here it kind of messes up the storytelling a little bit in terms of the rest of the songs which brings me to office grumpy yeah i see i know we spent a lot of time last last time talking about how they messed with the order and then this one they even did even more where Cool is now sung by Tony and Riff. Oh yeah, as a as like Riff saying, "Calm your tits." Yes, about the about the fight, about the rumble, which I thought was such that I thought that was the boldest move in the entire movie yes. to repurpose Cool into that. Is I mean you would expect the audience to be like, oh, I can't wait to see the new cool. I can't wait to see the new cool. You're not getting a new cool. We're redoing cool. And we're going to make it really intimate and completely retell the story with, I mean, again, I was like, that is ballsy. And I personally thought it paid off really well. I mean, I'll be joined by other people who really wanted cool to be what it was. But, and here's the thing, and this is, and this is all connected to what I was uh, connected with Jet Song and the, the way the Jets are seen and the way they're portrayed and Krupke and all that. And this is one thing that I was kind of missing in this one. And, and, and it's weird because, again, exactly what I said, once we recognize that the Jets are awful people, it's kind of hard to root for them and think they're funny and just kind of be charmed by them. But at the same time, they by inflating the shark side of things story-wise more, we really lost the Jets. And when normally with the Jets, we are usually captivated by action, the hothead, and Diesel, the muscle, and a uh, big deal, the, 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 the funny one, and A-Rap, Baby John. And ba- yeah. Baby John. We, we really get to recognize them throughout the storytelling. And we really lost that here. 
Yeah, and I couldn't tell you which one was which. You can't tell who's who. And they, they barely say names. And by the time we get to Krupke, we can't tell who's who. So, but at that point in the story, in the especially the stage play, we know who the who the the smart ass is, and we know who the. And then when it comes to cool, especially, and here's what's interesting, and um, and my husband JT pointed this out too. Um, so what happened? What they did here by fleshing out the character of Tony so well which we all needed, you know, it's kind of a throwaway character. You can be a throwaway character, um, but we really got to know him. He almost killed someone and we see why he fell away from the jets. But now the way they repurposed everything, we kind of took Riff and they kind of turned Riff into action. And then okay. action got lost along the way. So Riff is usually the steady leader who's in charge of the jets trying to get Tony in for a good old time as usual. But Tony kind of became a little more of a riff by being still involved in Jets. And Riff was more irresponsible and reckless, like action. And to the, to the extent that you needed someone to seem cool to you. So cool in the show is Riff talking to action. Cool in the movie, Riff is dead. So it's Ice Cube or whatever his name is ice um but because riff is repurposed to be a little more of a hothead like action is we don't really need action anymore so riff is the new action and tony's kind of the new riff hybrid tony and so cool was a whole new <laughs> recipe and all the pals and pals that we normally are used to it's kind of silly maybe if you think of it that way in the stage show now there's a gun involved so they to, just to kind of reinterpret what the pals mean with the final pal riff giving a pal to Tony. It's like, this is the line of sand. You're with this or you're not. That was super powerful. Wow. Oof. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just really, I, I liked the reordering of songs because like we talked about how in the stage version, G.F. Sokropke happens usually after the rumble, right? Which is Crazy. which is weird and then in both movies they put it before the rumble and so i know in this one we don't know the uh, that who the characters are but like i don't care i really i like for that song no that actually no, and, song, and the original movie that cool was after the rumble because that was them dealing with the grief of losing riff and that made sense Yes, but I'm saying G Officer Krupke, you know, the silly, the. Oh, Krupke, yeah, sorry, Krupke. sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I heard you wrong, sorry. Sorry, I may have said the wrong word, but like, so, so Krupke is now before the Rumble, and like, I mean, we know in, in the original movie and obviously in the show, you know who these characters are because they're written differently, but in this movie, all we know is Baby John, really. Um, we can assume, like, you know, action and arab are part of that gang that's in there i just can't tell you which one's which uh but like also i don't care i don't want to know their their names they're just jet boys one through five at this point and in g officer krupke i liked that they actually set it in the police station and the boys are just uh, again they're villains they are wreaking havoc in a police station while also, you know, telling the story of Officer Krupke, <laughs> the song that we all know. Um, but I feel like those are, 
Or were there any other songs that moved around? Um, not... Yes, America. America is a different day in the in this movie. So yes, America is the... usually the night of the dance, and here is the morning after. Yes, that was I fun. also appreciated that because they. This movie totes the line between film and theater, I feel like. And mm. so um, with that song, America, they were like, we're going to make it a little more theatrical. We're, it's still a movie, but like, you know, we're going to have them run around the streets or um, play with the, fab- the, the fabric bolts and everything. Um, yeah. And I really did love that. I really did appreciate that. And, and again, more the community involved. It was so cool to have the entire block and have like the kids join at the end. It, you really just oh got God, more the of a kids? sense of the whole community. Yeah. The it's just like, kids. Oh, I appreciate like bringing the whole community in for America and not just having it just be that one group. It was really fun, I thought. Uh, Shot during is... a heat wave. Well, it, this movie and in the heights, in the heights it, wasn't it like time, yes. a week apart from each other you know like the, one did their stuff and then like a week later it was the next one something along I mean, those I lines heard, I, I heard they were like right around the corner from each other a couple times oh really <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah no we were all like saying okay big love for all of our friends who are like shooting West Side Story in the heights in the heat wave um like apparently Ariana DeBose's heels melted on the concrete <laughs> doing what? America. Oh my god! Yeah, it was it was like in the hundreds that day of all days for one of the. I mean, I don't know how many days they shot America. I serious, I do not think it was only one day, but one of them it was just like a heat wave, and I can't believe watching it back. I'm like, how is no one sweaty? <laughs> how funny would it be if that's also the same time? That they shot the pool scene and in the heights, <laughs> like okay, it's a heat wave. Get in the water, and that that was apparently freezing. <laughs> <laughs> it was cold. It was like the water was cold. It was overcast. Don't get it twisted. It looks like it was a fun summer day, but we were fucking freezing. <laughs> so oh my god, <clears throat> I wrote. It? You know, I wrote all these questions. Oh, I have one more, one last question for you before we get uh, potentially into sharp and flat. How did you feel about the portrayal of Chino? in this movie really cool interpretation of Trino I thought yep he's another he's another one that they like rewrote basically mm-hmm. everything you know he's yeah and especially the moment during the rumble when he and Tony are both trying to break in at the same time <gasps> that okay that moment eye. <gasps> that <laughs> moment was because I've in this movie i'm gonna say a bold statement please you know knock some sense into me if i'm wrong i feel like tony doesn't really care about the sharks like he like he he wants to be friendly towards bernardo because he's in love with maria and i felt that more in this version than in any other version so like when he sees chino he's not like ooh, i hate you i'm against you he's just like yo help me out here you yes know? he's self-serving it's all about what he wants right I, but i he, completely agree with you <laughs> but he, he's also not like like especially then when he goes into the rumble he takes the punches like he doesn't want to fight that that's not yes. his goal and it seems like you know with this 
battle between the Jets and the Sharks. Tony's just like, listen, did jail time? I learned a little bit. I, I You all are cool. Like, I don't care. Like, you know, please don't kill me. But like, yeah. Um, you you live also, you live your life. I'm gonna live my life. But he also kind of fetishized her Puerto Ricanness a little bit in the script because he was talking to Valentina. I was like, I want to be a doc. I want to find my own Puerto Rican. I'm like, Ew. well, yes, <laughs> yes. I meant Is as that why the, we're here. <laughs> I meant as the sh- like Jets versus Sharks. You know, because oh, yes, I agree. <laughs> it's easy for Tony to be to side with his Jet people brothers. People, people. I'm gonna just say people, um, but in this one, it doesn't. In this movie, it doesn't seem like he does that as readily as like other productions and movies. Because he said on the subway with Maria, which I love that they actually had a date. Oh movie. my god! Yes, and, <laughs> and on the subway, he's like, "Well, you know, Bernardo started by coming in when we were together." I'm like, "Oh no, no, no." It goes deeper than that. <laughs> but I see, this is how you see it. He sees it as Bernard is starting it because they were together. But he did not seem to acknowledge how much more deeply rooted the whole battle is. Oh, yes, yes, yes. He said it. He said it. He admitted it on the subway. Um, I, I did like that they put one hand, one heart in a church what, or in a, in a chapel-like those, thing. Those are cloisters, right? I believe I was just it there. was i was just there last weekend i watched the movie rewatched it on the plane it was like wait a minute i was just the cloisters i'm like 90 percent sure it was the cloisters i like that this movie also like expanded past the west side so i mean like yes the um where um the west side of new york's of new york city like that's where it's always going to be set and everything but like you know, they went on the date. Uh, we see Maria cleaning at night at, I don't remember the name of the store, but it's kind of like yeah, a Bloomingdale's it's in like a, a way. It's like a Macy's or something, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I like really appreciated that they like not only expanded some characters, but they expanded into different parts of New York City. So. Yeah, yeah. And they... I got to go on one day, which is funny because when when Tony's trying to learn Spanish from Valentina and asking like, "How do I say I want to be with you always?" and she's like, "Really?" It's like you don't want to go to a coffee day first. You don't want to have a cheese sandwich. I want to have like a raisin bread first. And I'm like, that was really cute to like just acknowledge how hasty this entire storyline is. Like it was like the 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 property commenting on itself in a fun way for a moment to be like, yeah, these people went really far really quickly. <laughs> you can't just have a date first. You're going to just run off and do one hand, one heart. So yes. that was fun. I loved it. <laughs> two, two for that one. Is Bernardo always a boxer? Or did no, they add that new, for this movie? That's new. With an interesting like expansion of his character. I loved it. I, I, lo- I, I mean, I thought it was part of, it was canon, you know? <laughs> like, but I love, I, I just like that little detail, you know, the little details here and there that they added made well, this movie better. Well, here's the thing. And, and, and I said this last time is um, the sharks have always been so underrepresented in terms of their voice and their story and their humanity before. And in the stage play in particular, and also the original movie, all they, all they had was that one pre-America scene where you get to like fall in love with them for like a minute 
and you get to hear what their struggles are and hear what they're but this movie expanded so much beyond that and you got to really get to know them as people and so they they added like that particular detail for bernardo they gave him like a goal they gave him like something he works toward they gave him a backstory they gave maria a little more age and the fact that she worked and supported herself and she's not just some like little kid like she can tend to come across as in previous adaptations she had a lot more balls. Maria had balls. Maria <laughs> like, had it. She had huge balls really in this movie. They really her out more. Like they really, and, 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 you know, and, they, and Anita's aimed to have people work for her in the long run. We, got to, we just got to know the sharks a lot better when we normally didn't in the first place. And they were just kind of like the brown people who were just causing trouble. So they really did a lot of respect toward the Puerto Rican community for this movie, I felt. And it did what, come at the expense of the Jets, but again, but like Jets, you have just haters here. <laughs> you have the other movie if you are like, oh, the Jets, blah, blah, blah. but like you have the go watch the original movie then. Like this, all the Jets said was like, my old man says this Puerto Ricans are ruined the free enterprise. That's pretty much all you got. <laughs> it's just you know, the rest what? is just racism. Another little detail I liked about this movie is that. In the last episode, when we were talking about this, uh, the original movie, we both were just like, where are the parents? And this movie answers the question for us because they are, at least for Maria and Bernardo, like they are living in New York by themselves because they were the only ones who could immigrate at the time. And so they, they... They answered that question that we were just like, where are the parrots? You talk about them. You say that they're in the apartment with you. Where are they? Yeah. <laughs> See, like, yeah, you're right. that, that's why I feel like this one, they're playing the characters a little older than teenagers because yes. um, at least Bernardo, like, he's he's probably, what, 25? He's got to be in his 20s, at, yeah. At most. But they never say. They never, ever say. So we're just kind of left to, you know, the dance at the gym, but we don't know what the gym is. It is it their high school or is it a community center? Like, they never specifically say what it is. Right. Hmm. hmm. This movie's still great, though. Uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about before we get into Sharp and Flat? Oh, God. I mean, I can go on and on forever, but I think I could wrap up whatever else I'm going to say in Sharp, sharp and Flat. Awesome. Let's do it then. Yes. Sharp. Flat. So in this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about it. If we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it or thought it can change, it's flat. Tony, hit me with your sharps. I mean, I, I, I pretty much already said them. So I'll just like keep going on that. The sharps, I mean, I just loved the... Puerto Rican rewrites in terms of fleshing out the sharks so much more and letting them be human beings and letting them be people and not just like a part of the story that serves the Jets um, and hiring actual brown people who actually speak Spanish. <laughs> um, so that, I mean, just, and, and, and also just, again, repurposing the story to make them not actually gay members, but people who are defending their turfs from predators who think that they belong more than they do. That was super uh, sharp to me. <laughs> I agreed with you on this on the script. You know, they expand they it's not a it's not the original West Side story. It's like through 
the conversations that we as a society have been having. And so now we get more and we get to, we, um, they add things for other people too that you get to appreciate and we get to now continue this discussion and grow more um, about, you know, racism and violence and all that. Um, sorry, I'm very emotional today. <laughs> I, <don't, laughs> um, I also fucking loved Rita Moreno, Dance at the Gym, They're Both Sharps, Always and Forever. Um, I I love the woman in the precinct. I <laughs> yeah, so my I god, fucking love her. Was everything huge, sharp for that <laughs> hooker. Um, I also really like the fine. Like I, I know I talked about the fine line that this movie takes, where it's between what's theatrical versus what's film. And like, I die laughing in Maria when all the lights are turned on, and you see it's a janitor turning the lights on. Like, think shit like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I'm laughing my ass off. Um, and then my last sharp, and I save this for last on purpose because it's a it's a doozy. How did where did you rewatch this movie? Did you watch it like on HBO or Disney or Hulu? I initially watched it in the movie theater as I wanted to, and I rewatched it just to kind of like revamp it on the airplane here. So I think uh, I believe I saw it in theaters, and then I re- I just rewatched it on Disney Plus, and on Disney Plus, and this is my sharp. They actually, I watched. I now watch these movies with closed captioning on because I sometimes miss something or I'm looking something up or what have you. They have in the closed captioning the actual Spanish lines. They don't say speaking Spanish, which is what a lot of fucking movies do. And it annoys the fuck out of me. So I, I applaud who the decision that they made to actually write out the lines in Spanish, because I mean, I, I took, I mean, to sound stupid, like I know a little Spanish, but I know it better reading it than I do hearing it. So like, I was able to translate and it was amazing. That's cool. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to watch the movie, watch it on Disney plus because <laughs> they, uh, they caption everything. Um, so every once in a while in this section, I have what I like to call a natural. It's neither a sharp nor a flat, but I still need to talk about it. And for this movie, I have a weird thing about the costumes. <laughs> <laughs> where it feels like they're hitting the nail on the head too hard with a with mm-hmm. the with the colors uh, colors stories but like some of the some of the dresses are beautiful like i i don't i'm a little torn because you know um especially like in the beginning when we were talking about the jets uh during like the prologue and into the jet song and all that they're all just like in dark blues and very like mm. depressing looking like i know they're supposed to be the antagonist they're like the antagonists in a way and they are hoodlums and all that but like i mean did we all need them to be in dark navy blue like because <laughs> we need the sharks to be in like Ambers and auburns and the warm colors. So the war- did we did radiated? We, could, it was a, it's it, it, dance of the gym. I'm like, they all got the memo, didn't they? Yeah. Oh my god, dance of the gym. But then also, like, I can forgive them for America. 
Because like, um, I'm obsessed with Ariana DeBose's yellow dress. Oh my God, yeah. And also like in America that they had women in pedal pushers, the pants and everything. I was going to say, that was a nice touch. That was a nice touch. But then like, you know, um, and like, you know, it was still very colorful and still like the warm palette and everything, but it didn't feel like too much in my eye during America, at least. But like that beginning, I was just like, God, I purple, give me green, green. <laughs> I want green. I can see that. <laughs> um, okay, do you have any flats for this movie? Um, what? Did I go through my sharps? Oh, did you go through your sharps? I'm sorry. I thought I just did, I just did one because I wasn't sure. Like back to back and forth. I got a lot of sharps. I mean, I just I, I love. Keep oh, going with the sharps, but then. I will say, ooh, okay. Then um, one of my favorite sharps was the moment after. I mean, this is an unfortunate moment, but after the Anita attack scene and the satisfaction of having Valentina come out as portrayed as Rita Moreno, who played this moment decades ago, come out and have the satisfaction of ripping the jets off of her and being like, "Get off of, get off of her, you pieces of shit." And then to talk to them was like you rapists to finally say it to them to uh, finally like because you know that 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 scene's always handled very delicately and you know when we're doing it on stage it's always the the taunt scene and it's handled very delicately and you know with with you know a lot of uh, love for the performers and everything um, but so seldom do we actually just call it what it is. And so to finally have the satisfaction of having the original Anita movie-wise, Cheetah, <laughs> what I just kind of you, but the original movie, Rita, uh, Anita, finally be just call them rapists and just say what it is and say what that scene really was and not dance around it and just be ugly about it. It was really visceral and gut-wrenching and hard to watch. And again, and to add that element of having... Graciela outside pounding on the glass screaming and crying don't do this to her oh god and then oh then have the extra elements of having this new Anita step up to Valentina basically saying you're a traitor like you are not my sister you are not my anything you chose them it was just such an interesting standoff and it made an already tense scene even more tense and then she goes and renounces her Americanness. Oh God! I can't wait to see what Ariana Debose like their career goes off onto. Like, I, I I mean, I do love her in musicals because she she is a songbird. But like you know, to do other roles left and right, I'm I am excited. I am so excited to see her like grow as a person and an actor and performer and everything. Ah. <laughs> uh, do you have any more sharps while we're here or do you want to go into your flats i mean i have so many sharps because i just love the film but i guess we could go into flats because i could just do sharps forever <laughs> so basically what we're saying is that we're both are sharpening the whole movie i mean yeah, yeah i really really did like this thing my my flats are so my flats nit- are controversial my flats are a little stupid and nitpicky so Ooh, but- i love it let's hear you okay so uh not enough ariana debose for starters, that's a big flat. Um, this is a it's a, this is a weird flat. They had a missed opportunity to make 
dock Russ Tamblin in the photos because he played the uh, oh. he was riff in the movie riff. and yeah. I just thought that would have been hilarious that's just that's just me though like you know that would have been cool missed yeah. a great opportunity to have another easter egg another returning cast member um and then also this this is my this might be a little controversial i didn't like the ending like i didn't like that they brought his body into docks i was just I, that that was i thought that was so stupid I, i'm with you on the ending too it could it could have been a little it could have been better it could have landed it could have stuck they could have stuck the landing more because like i know i know i know it's typical at least in both movies and in some productions I've seen of it, where after Tony dies, the the gang, the groups, I don't want to call them gangs, we're going to call them groups, the groups join forces to lift him, lift his body up and basically yeah. walk him off stage. But when they brought him into the pharmacy, I was just like, guys, you could just keep walking. Like, you didn't have to... <laughs> make or like make a left and go and keep walking into the sunset or whatever because like I, it, it it i felt like it cheapened it when they walked into that set piece and like we're gonna cover him in doritos <laughs> send him off into <laughs> <Send> him. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have a viking funeral but with doritos instead in the bodega hall the of bo- fame <laughs> there's a okay. bodega cat there too what were your flats? Okay, so I didn't. Again, I I I am not the person who likes to shit on someone's performance or whatever. I didn't love the Tony. Okay, she didn't win me over. I mean, in the second half of the movie it took it took me a while, but like Marie. But I'm also I mean also I'm also very spoiled. I've worked with some in fucking incredible Tonys. I mean, Josh Young, Scott Sussman, Brian Hissong. Oh my god. You know, I've been really spoiled by some insane talents vocally and act-wise. Um, so I just didn't. That was one part of the cast that didn't that I just wanted to feel more moved by. Mm-hmm. Um, so that so there was that. Um, and this is probably going to get me in trouble. Um, but so the choreography was fabulous. The movement was beautiful. And the execution was spectacular by the most talented dancers in the field. But there were moments in this movie where where the movie, because what was so great about this uh, property to begin with was using choreography and movement to tell the story non-verbally. And I felt like we didn't do that so much here as much as originally. It was more pedestrian, which was great. You know, prologue, much less danced. The story was still definitely there, but in particular, like Dance of the Gym. I mean, it's Dance of the Gym. It's Dance of the Gym. And, yes. and don't get me wrong, I still was like sobbing. <laughs> you know, I'm also really attached to the music and everything, and it was just like it's just I'm overwhelmed by it. But and I lost the. And I guess I'll say that scene in particular. We we didn't have as much of the competition and the back and forth, and that's where we get the conflicts between the Jets and the Sharks in a playful, safe, healthy manner. You know, it gets ugly later on at the end of Act 1, clearly, with the Rumble. But this is a time where it was just a healthy competition. It was just a dance-off. 
and you see in the movement and the way it's designed and the way they're trying to one up each other, it 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 really took center stage. And the 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 dancing took center stage. And you know, and there's a dream ballet we never had. Once again. Um, and and, and, and dance the goddamn dream ballet, <laughs> right? But dance to the gym again, like again, they're dancing their asses off. Do not get me wrong, right? But it kind of served a little more as a background, as a foreground action of Tony and everybody else. And the they kind of put the action of dance to the gym as a background, as a secondary background element. And that made me a little sad because that's just such a part of the story for I, all of us. I don't know if that is. Um, Justin Peck or Steven Spielberg or both in a way because like the other stuff that they cut out you know especially during the prologue with all like the the typical um, balletic moves that the Jets did in the original movie they cut that out and I kind of appreciated that because because it's I mean, kind of silly. It's like we're like a dancing gang, and, I, and, and it was weird. And we all laughed at it in high school. So cool. I get it. <laughs> Crazy. Cool. Go. <laughs> no dance at the gym in particular. It was scripted specifically and storyboarded to have dialogue in places where there's not normally dialogue. When normally the dance just takes. So I guess I'm speaking most specifically about dance at the gym. They didn't let dance at the gym really be dance at the gym. It's like they're dancing, and then we're going to focus on a scene in front of the dance at the gym. And so they dance at the gym just be the thrill that it is. What I did like in Dance at the Gym, really, is they justified the out of focus people at uh, when Tony and Maria go into their little duet. Mm-hmm. Like in the original movie, it was it's hokey. It, it it's <laughs> the people running back and forth and everything, and it, it, uh, like yes, there's still chaos in this one, but like it's doesn't look out of place and too dreamlike it looks it looks like a movie in a way yeah because on stage that is magical right the whole the whole like cha-cha moment with the snaps and the way the 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 choreography crisscrosses on and off and just like lands with these three couples it's just so magical but on film i agree it's it's a little different it's a little but like the way that at least Spielberg and Justin Peck did it, is that, um, and if you actually pay attention to the background while while Tony and Maria do their little pot of do, like there's still dancing going on in oh, the yeah. gym area. There's tons of choreography going on in the entire scene. Ah, oh, this movie! This movie! <laughs> this movie is beautiful! Everyone needs to watch it! It's beautiful! <laughs> I think I know the answer to this, but would you add any of these songs from this version to your life's playlist? I mean, I just wrote all of them. I always love the music of West Side Story. I guess the easy answer, I mean, I could, this can go a million different ways. I mean, Dance at the Gym, it's in my heart, it's in my blood because I've done it so many times. That's a whole different situation. I like the hope of something's coming, you know, especially when the air is humming and the way the violins are near the end. Ah, it's so magical. It always, it always just like makes my heart go. But um, I, would, I, I would say somewhere, and I love how, ooh, are you ready? Uh, how Ariana DeBose masterfully crafted her Oscar acceptance speech for this role by basically saying, I am a queer Latina out woman and I never would have thought I'd see myself represented 
before and here I am. And if you're othered, if you, and I'm completely paraphrasing here, but essentially like if you're, if you're an outsider, if you're othered or whatever, just know there's a place for you. And I was like, oh. she, she even gave the perfect Oscar speech <laughs> because somewhere it's just like, it's just a beautiful message. There's a place for us. It's for those of us who oh. always just felt as an outsider, there's hope. There's a place, you know, if, if it's not where you grew up, you know, if I'm, I'm broadcasting from Texas, you know, where I grew up oppressed and escaped, <laughs> you know, there is a place for you. I and then just when you don't belong, there's somewhere else where you will belong. I and you, and maybe, maybe scary to, to leave your family unit or, or where you grew up or whatever, and just find your own paradise, find your own place where you fit in. But there really is a place for us and that applies so much to what's going on in the world all over the world right now in our own country outside our country i think that's the one that just like hits home the most is just like the hope that there's a place for those of us who are not normal well are ah. considered othered quote unquote that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah uh tony on that note we're done <laughs> We're done yes. with the <laughs> we did it uh is there anything you want to plug or promote uh so yes i am at broadway dance center online and in person uh my current schedule is mondays wednesdays eight o'clock till nine fifteen p.m eastern both hybrid it's hybrid both in person and online and i have an in-person only class on thursdays eight to nine thirty in person only. So again, Broadway Dance Center, burlesque jazz. Ooh. It's a sexy workout you never thought you needed. It's all levels. It's for everybody. And speaking of a place, there's a place for us. That is exactly what I do. It's a safe space for everyone of all levels, all backgrounds to just vibe, celebrate each other, build each other up, cheer each other on, and still That's up amazing. each yourself. And just have fun. And you're gonna, it's, it's a workout, but it's a sexy workout. And you get your plies in, but there's stripper plies. <laughs> so, so stripper heels are, out, are required. No, no, there is no <laughs> shoe requirement. Your sexy is not in your heels. You can oh. be barefoot, bunny slippers, whatever you want. You can come in an outfit. You can come in your pajamas. Whatever you, whatever makes you feel strong is what you should come in. But it's all about inner confidence and just kind of building yourself out and just finding a place where you can just freely twerk and love yourself oh that's amazing uh and if you want to talk more about west side story 2021 you can you can email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com i'm also on facebook instagram and twitter at buttersongpod what did you think of the song order did you did are you with tony at uh with tony guerrero i should say with dance with his thoughts on dance at the gym um and on the character tony (laughs) (laughs) and if you want to be part of the next episode's conversation we're going to be talking about voyage of the rock aliens fucking finally i'm so happy yes (laughs) i need to catch up on that ah such a good movie such a great time with tony thank you so much we need to you so we need to figure out what you're coming on to do next i don't i don't know yet but we'll find we'll find something Yes, but I do love it here. So thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It is a safe space. Safe space. It's a safe space that everyone's going to listen to. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bye for now, everyone. 
Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day. Happy spring.